Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children 18 plus, you are tuned in to the Lone Officer Podcast with me, Dustin Owen, and my main man, J.C. John, John Coleman. Coleman. D.O. was popping. Hey, you are without eardrums after that intro, know, my right? friend. Oh my goodness. Holy cow. I'll you e- got me all jacked up. I'll equalize the levels. I'm like business. excited. I haven't even like taken my pre-workout yet. I know. It's almost that time though. It is. Yeah, you and I have to lay down some episodes. I got to hit the gym. Okay. Yeah, I had a rough weekend. Did you? Eh, not really, but yeah. it was a fun I weekend. I thought you told me you didn't do much. Yeah, exactly. Except for uh, I convinced my wife to go to our local favorite Mexican restaurant. Shout out to Habaneros. Shout out to Habaneros. And um, they sell sangria. By the gallon jug. By the gallon jug. Like straight up, they got the TG Lee milk. What? Poured it out. Right? Sprayed some water in there, cleaned the bottle one time, no and then they just dump in sangria. sangria. You can okay. buy it by the gallon. Okay. And the guy's like, yeah, it's $37. You sure you want to buy it? My wife's like, hell yeah, we do. Okay. That stuff tastes like Kool-Aid when you were nine. Mm. Not Kool-Aid when you're 42, because Kool-Aid when you're 42, it tastes good, but it's like nostalgia. It's like, yeah. oh, okay. I remember it used to taste better. I thought it did. Yeah. 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 Habanero sangria, you can buy it by the jug. Mm. If you're ever in Central Florida, I think they have like seven locations. Look it up. Mm-hmm. The best thing that came from COVID was to go alcohol. There you go. Because I don't think it was being sold to go pre COVID. And minor markets, smaller markets that you've never heard of. Yeah. Well, uh, or uh, up in Tallahassee, they have um, things called the Beer Barn. Okay. Drive through? I, I think, think there's a drive through there. And obviously, New Orleans is one that comes to mind. That's ratchet. Like walking I, through the streets of New Orleans shit. with a car bomb in if, hand. If you've never, that's a thing to experience. I'm going to New Orleans in February. Okay. Uh, me, Joey, and my buddy Rob are running in a half marathon. Okay. At least hopefully. Okay. We've been trying to run the same half marathon for the past year, but it kept on getting COVIDed out. Mm-hmm. Ended up supposed to be in Nashville, then postponed again in Nashville, then postponed again in Nashville. All right. Fourth. Finally, for the fourth time, we're like, you know what? We can't make the Nashville date. It's the Rock and Roll Series. So we're gonna to go to New Orleans in February. Okay. So probably won't be car bombing it there. Damn. Wait, they called no hand grenades. Am I saying car bomb? Car bomb is no a drink a, as well. a Irish car bomb is a drink. Is a drink, mm-hmm. and it's phenomenal. Great. It's one of the rare shots I'll still do today because mm. I'm not a big shot person. Mm. Like I turned that down. Like once I got out of college, I'm like, hey, no more shots. Right. But a hand grenade is what I was thinking about. That will mess you up. Yes, it will. It's like you know 151. Yeah. Yeah. It's b- bananas Foster. All that crazy stuff is added to it. You know, it's a good thing that How you. How do we get talking about no, New Orleans? Because you're trying to talk sangria. Because, no, we're talking you, about sangria. It's good that you know yourself and know your limits because today's episode is all about what, Dio? Knowing your competition. Look at that. Well, I love how you transition, John that. Coleman. Damn. Hey, you know, there's some people out there that they may be learning about just John okay. today. For the first time. He's just John Coleman. Yeah. If you ever want to contact just John Coleman, don't. Don't do it. But if you really want to try, go to Google. Google yeah. They have all of his contact information. Yeah, I hope not. Yes. Now, me, I'm Dustin Owen, affectionately known as the DO. You can link in, link in you with can me. Link me. You can link in with me through LinkedIn. It's probably the best way for us to right. connect, best way for us to communicate. But LinkedIn is not the only social media platform we're on. Mm-hmm. We are on Facebook. We are on TikTok. We are on Instagram at the Loan Officer Podcast. You got it. We right now don't know if you're watching us on YouTube. Or if you're listening to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or anywhere where you can find podcasts. But yep. just know, we have a YouTube channel. Yep. You can actually watch this on YouTube. Yep. Full disclosure, this episode, right about the 30-minute mark, it's going to go to a title slate. Title slate. It's orange, and you'll see the title of this episode, the episode number, and the Lone Officer Podcast. That is because 
John Coleman is afraid to break the piggy bank and go buy us a real camera. It's called a camcorder. It's called a cam. Are they still called camcorders? Yeah, that's when you step up. Okay. So we don't own one. So if John is Mm co-hosting, then he's not working the cameras. That means the cameras are working themselves. And with a DSR camera. DSLR. DSLR camera. They have the 30-minute. They have a 30-minute stopgap on. And I, Lord, I don't, if D.L.'s going and he's hot, I don't want to interrupt him. I can't be like, hey, D.L., stop that great thought. Let me hit yeah. record again. So <laughs> It's kind of like Wayne's World. <laughs> like, game off. Yep. Game, game on. on. Game, game off. off. Yeah. yeah, right. Yep. No, it's it's not quite that. So right. anyhow, um, if you're listening, thank you for listening. You can right. also watch us. We're on YouTube. If you're watching us on YouTube, thank thanks. You, you We're listening. Listen. If you're not already doing so, please follow us on all the social media platforms that I threw out there. Yep. Um, share us. Like us. Give us a five-star review. Whew. Got it. Our sponsors will be so, so thrilled oh that we did God. that, John. They will. All zero of them. Well, because we sponsor ourselves right now. We sponsor ourselves. Why? Because we do it on purpose. We're trying to give as much content for free as possible. Right. You were asking me the other day, hey, Dio, what do we do here on the Lone Officer Podcast? I said, John, we create content. We're content creators. We're content creators. The goal of our content is to educate. Yep. Motivate. Motivate. I'm thinking educate, entertain. Okay, entertain. Motivate. And if we are really good, we're going to inspire. There you go. About all topics, usually that pertain to finance, business, personal development, housing, real estate, mortgage related. All the same shit you should have learned in school, but you didn't because it wasn't taught. Damn, that was good. And okay. today you're telling me that we're going to talk about knowing your competition. Yeah, that's what that's what we talked about. Yes. Is that this, important? Yeah, well, this actually came from a class I teach mm-hmm. here at uh, Waterstone Mortgage, which Waterstone Mortgage is my employer for the past 13 years, your employer for going on the past two years. Word. And they have us teaching a class to mortgage professionals. And we call that class mortgage school, but really it's anything goes. Mm-hmm. It's the class shows up at 10 a.m. on Wednesday they bring the topics that they want to talk about. Mm-hmm. And as long as they are business-related, entrepreneurial-related, um, sales, marketing-focused, mortgage or real estate, I'll talk about it. Right. And I teach for an hour. Mm-hmm. And then you being you, you get out your cameras, mm-hmm. you get the microphone, you're like, hey, here's another opportunity for us to create content. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know what you do with it besides right. you email it out to the people who didn't attend, <laughs> right. which I think that may possibly promote them not attending. Uh, you know, it's a subtle jab. Okay. Okay, I know you weren't here, but here's a recap. Yeah, but then does that motivate them to just not come? I don't know. It might also promote laziness of them not attending if they can just fall back on getting the content. But what it does do is it gives you and I an opportunity to talk about subjects on this show. Correct. So today's topic is actually being brought to you by Mortgage School. It is. Okay, it's know your competition. Mm-hmm. And you have a clip of me through Mortgage School, which I guess you won't be able to see it unless you work here. Or let me ask you this. What if we had a website? What if? What if we had a website? Maybe we label that that website www.tloponline.com. Okay, I'm picking it up. Or www.theloanofficerpodcast.com. Okay. And what if you could chop up the best parts what? of mortgage school right. and throw that up there? That sounds like a hell of an idea, Dio. Will you work on that for us? I will. Okay, and in the interim, we'll continue to do mortgage school, mm-hmm. and we'll continue to use it as our motivation and our topic creation vehicle and we're going to bring know your competition today there you go all right so let's go let's go here's where this stems from i'm going to go back about three years three years ago i was sitting in a leadership meeting 
with Mike Smalley and Ben Davis. Both have been on the show. And the reason why they're on the show is because they're both kind of who's who in the mortgage industry. Mm -hmm. But they're also part of our leadership team. Right? Ben Davis runs the number one branch in all of Waterstone Mortgage. I think his his individual branch, one branch, one location, did like $500 million in volume last, last year. Whoa. And Mike Smalley is a mega producer. And something that we started doing is we started doing a mastermind with local mortgage professionals. Okay. Okay, so we do a great job of networking internally. Internally means like there's 20 mortgage professionals or loan originators, producers, in this one branch here in Central Florida, and we all work for the same company. Mm -hmm. We get together, we share ideas. That is one of the reasons why I'm a huge proponent that when you choose your mortgage company, you need to look for three things. A, does the mortgage company have a great sales culture? B, is your manager gonna also be your mentor, also be your coach, also be a good leader? And then three, who else within your branch is going to bring synergy to what you're trying to do. Right. Birds of a feather flock together. Mm -hmm. So we have that. We're very fortunate. We have it here at Waterstone Warriors. The problem is, and Ben Davis taught me this term, and I think he got this from one of his professors at uh, Troy University, is you have what's called academic inbreeding. Mm -hmm. When you're always around the same people who are buying into the same culture and the same philosophies, that's all you know. Mm -hmm. You're not bringing in outside ideas. So something that Ben and Mike came up with, and I was like, hell yeah, guys, that's a great idea. You should run with it is, hey, let's do a mortgage mastermind. Hmm. So they did. And they reached out to some of the top producers within our market that they know, but they don't work here at Waterstone. Whoa. Now, Mike may have knew of them because Mike met one uh, in a in a third-party coaching course that he was a part of. Okay. Ben may have known someone because he worked with her back in the day. And then that person knew someone and that person knew someone, and they just got a group of six together. And once a month, they would get together for lunch and they would shoot the shit. They would talk shop and they would share ideas. And what was really cool about it for anyone who wants to do this, they would also play credit card roulette. poker or oh, credit card right, roulette right. and to see who paid. Right. Right. Because they wanted to make sure Mike and Ben were very um, passionate about it not being a recruiting like, hey, mm. we're trying to recruit you to leave your mortgage company. Come right. work for us. Now, look, if relationships were built and someone was no longer liking mm -hmm. the company they were partnered with, and it led to them to ask questions of Mike and Ben, like, look, I'm not going to bullshit you. That definitely was an ulterior motive, <laughs> but it was never the first, second, or third thing that they thought about. Mm -hmm. The first, second, third thing was, hey, let's get together. We're top producers, you're top producers, and let's share ideas. Mm -hmm. So this is where I'm going with the whole know your competition. In that very first meeting, they looked around. And Ben said to Steve, hey, Steve, do you and I compete against each other? And Steve's like, no. And then Mike looked to Amanda, hey, Amanda, do you and I compete against each other? And she's like, no. And then Amanda said to Jen, hey, Jen, do you and I ever compete against each other? And the answer was a resounding no, 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 no. You had six people in one booth mm -hmm. at this one restaurant, all working in the same exact market, all producing at levels of 30 to $60 million back then. Now some of them are like 70 to $90 million, right? So you start adding up the cumulative production. It's like $250 million in purchase volume on an annual basis. And none of them were competitors. What they realized at that meeting, meeting number one, they don't compete against each other. They share a common competitor. And that would be the end consumer or the home buyer's bank, previous lender, 
or whoever is nationally advertising on television or on the internet. Mm. That's who they are competing against, right? Costco's mortgage company, yeah. the home buyer's bank, right? The, the, the lender who, who drops hundreds of millions of dollars on TV ads and maybe has their name on a couple stadiums or yeah. they're dropping a hundred grand a week on leads through, I don't know, companies like LendingTree, right. right? Those were their competition. So automatically they're like, oh, I can actually speak truthfully. What do you think? Is that a stigma just because it's a competition? So like, hey, arr, I can't like you. We can't trade secrets because we're competing. It's just. Well, that's a natural, right? right? That's just a natural thing that, hey, don't don't talk to them. I mean, when I worked in TV advertising, it was this rumor that, oh, if you're seen out with the competition, we're going to fire you. Right. I know. Oh, yeah. You better not. You better not be sharing our secrets like one TV station right. to the other right. as if they're secretive. Yeah. You know, as if like what you're doing is that different. Right. For the most part, we all do the same exact thing. Right. Yes, we put our own flair on it, but we all do the same exact thing. So this little experiment that happened actually five years ago, meeting one led to that. Now, what transpired is over the next three years, four years, five years, let's go all the way up to recent day, the new Erla rolling out, mm. the old 1003. Mm. One of our listeners who, who I can't remember who commented on this, but I so appreciate it. He is like, can we just call it the 1003 and quit calling it Erla? I agree with you. Agreed. I'm going to call it the 1003. Okay. Like, I'd, it's a 1003, guys right. and girls. 1003. It's a 1003. Right. But when, when that rolled out, how nice was it to be able to pick up the phone and call your friends? Right. One works at Homebridge. One works at, at Movement. One works for Supreme. Mm -hmm. One works for FBC Mortgage. One works for Cross Country. Yeah, you, like, I'm naming some of the biggest mortgage companies right. in the country. Right. And and we were able to make those phone calls. I'm like, hey, how are you guys handling self-employed borrowers with COVID? How are you guys handling this massive backlog with appraisals? How are you guys handling? And because we had built that relationship five plus years ago, right. get honest feedback. Right. As a professional, sometimes, and as a human, misery loves company. Right. Right. So if if my industry is being disrupted and my and yeah. my my organization is making changes and those changes are confusing me or hell, they're just changes and people don't like changes. Mm -hmm. So I'm becoming frustrated. It's so nice to be able to reach out and be like, Oh, well, at least we don't have it as bad as Amanda does. Right. Or wait a minute. How's Maggie doing this and we're not, mm -hmm. I'm picking up the phone and I'm calling my regional senior vice president of operations right. and I'm asking him or her WTF mm -hmm. because my friends over at embrace aren't doing it this way. Right. This is what I mean by know your competition. Right. Now, also by getting to know your competition, I have learned how to sell my service better and sell against them the one or two times that we're actually up against each other. Mm -hmm. And by the way, it's rarely that we're ever up against each other. Right. Like I may be networking with my friend, Amanda, who happens to work for Homebridge. But Homebridge has another 20 loan officers in my market. Yeah. So maybe I'm actually up against one of Amanda's coworkers. Yeah. Okay. When I'm talking to my client and I'm trying to tell them why they should choose me and not them, I can actually edify that other lender, talk about my friends over there and what a great company they are, yeah. but then hammer home why I think I'm better. Mm. Oh my gosh, you're working with Joe Blow over at Homebridge? Look. 
One one of my friends is actually a top producing loan officer over there. Great They're a place. great company. Yeah, great place. They're a fantastic company. But let me tell you what. But let me tell you what. It's the person that you work with. You know, like mm-hmm. yeah. but then I could go right into my sales pitch. But I knew enough about the company that I could wholeheartedly edify them. Yeah. Right. Or knowing my competition allowed me way back in the day. I had a client call me, and be like, "Well, I can't do that particular loan because you can't do investment properties in Florida." Whoa! Who told you that? Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, what it was, was there's a certain bank, a large bank, mm-hmm. right, um, run after me or maybe chase me, <laughs> and they weren't doing investment properties in Florida. Mm. Well, I happened to have a couple friends over there. Mm. So I was able to tell the client, hey, look, what you're being told is kind of true but kind of not true. Mm. I think what that person should have told you is that company is not originating investment properties in Florida, but you can, in fact, originate investment properties in Florida. I've closed three already this year. Mm. It's just that company. And the reason why I know that is because I'm really good friends with so-and-so who works there. Oh, wow. Okay. Now, let me go one step further and why it's so important to know your competition. You, John Coleman, as a loan originator, Mm -hmm. and by the way, this applies to every industry. I think I say this almost every episode. We talk a lot about the mortgage industry because what I know best. Right. Right. I do know a little bit about TV advertising. I do know a little bit more than that about real estate and real Mm -hmm. estate investing and a little bit about uh, development. But this applies to just about every industry, insert industry here or industry, insert company here. But we talk about and we coach through this content creation platform that you and I have built over the past 18 months that there's certain things that you can do, but maybe you shouldn't. Mm. I think the phrase is just because you, you can, can doesn't mean you should. Doesn't mean you should. Yeah. Yeah. So like there may be a certain service or product that, yeah, you have access to it, but you're not the best fit. Mm. Well, if you know your competition, wouldn't it be nice to be like, hey, you know what? My company offers this product, but I'm going to be honest with you. I've never done one, and I don't think that we're the best fit for it. But I do know so-and-so across town, and they would do a great job for you. No way. Okay? Like, this is part of know your competition. You have to know where that goes. I promise you, it's the whole, like, you know, put others first and never be last. Do the right thing. Your referral source will remember that. That'll speak just volumes to your character, that you are willing to give up a commission check because you weren't the best fit. Now, what you're also willing to do is give up a headache. You're also willing to give up uh, a potential time suck as you try to jam a square peg through a round hole. Right. Now, that being said, by knowing your competition, there's going to be certain things that your company does well that their company doesn't. Mm-hmm. Right. Maybe you're friends with a local broker, and that local broker doesn't have access to a certain down payment assistance product. Awesome. Why couldn't you end up being that avenue for that person as long as you do everything by the book and don't try to snake the referral source Mm because that's a dick move Mm -hmm. right if if jimmy over at homegrown broker shop xyz refers me all of his florida bond loans i know not to snake Mm -hmm. or solicit or market to the realtor that referred that buyer now if that buyer came to jimmy through the through a past client or through some other medium, a B&I group, mm-hmm. and there happens to be a realtor attached, and I know that realtor doesn't already work with Jimmy, and Jimmy doesn't doesn't market to him, then by, by all yeah. means, it's, it's fair game. Open game. But there is something to be said about when you know your competition, it helps you, A, sell against them better. It helps you, B, service your clients, service your referral sources better, 
but it also could create a stream of, of referrals because you're able to tell them what you do well. Hey, look, I do 95% construction lending up to a million dollars. What? Yeah, one time close, man. What? Now, many, many people tuning in, including you, just John, <laughs> your head spinning. Any mortgage professional tuning in, I'm speaking jargon, I'm speaking right. lingo. And you're like, wow, that's pretty badass. Yeah, man. So, hey, but I may ask, what's your minimum FICO? Oh, my company would do down to a 580. I'm like, oh, we're down to a 600. Mm-hmm. Hey, John, would you like it if you know someone came to me and they need to buy right away and I couldn't get the credit score up by following Credit Christie's right. tips and tricks right. and they're at a 590? Yeah, man, refer them all way. I take great care of them. Does that happen a lot between? Like- Not enough. But yes, it happens. Usually, here's, here's how it happens. I don't want this pain in the ass loan. You take care of it. No, usually it's like you made a mistake. Uh-oh. Once you made a mistake, that means a lot of times that you structure a loan in a certain way, you disclosed it a certain way, and then it was underwritten that same way. Once a file is underwritten, it can't be unseen. Mm. So once those documents are seen, you can't undo it. Right. At which point you need to have your company deny the loan. You need to then flip the loan over to your buddy at XYZ Mortgage Company that you became friends with because you understand the power of knowing your competition. Mm-hmm. And you tell the person, hey, heads up, I tried to take this at a 90 LTV doing a full condo review. Bro, this has to go limited condo review 25% down. Mm-hmm. Okay. Again, I'm speaking industry jargon, but yeah, that's that's normally how, how mm-hmm. that happens. Mm-hmm. It's that the person who originally started doing the loan ran into a wall. They can't overcome that wall or that, that, that obstacle. So they kick it over to, to you so that you can structure it the right way the right. first time. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, and then you try to reciprocate mm-hmm. uh, by, by doing so. But man, like knowing your competition, I can just give you so many case examples of why this matters. Please give us another one. Okay. There was a time, and there may very well be a time again, where in order to make an offer on a certain property, you had to get a pre-approval letter from XYZ company. Okay. So case example, when countrywide home loans went under, their book of business was assumed, purchased, absorbed, Mm -hmm. shoved down the throat of Bank of America. Okay. And unfortunately, Bank of America took a massive bruised black eye because they, they, they took on so many of these bad loans that were originated by Countrywide. Well, when Bank of America was churning through their portfolio and trying to sell all these properties, these properties called REOs, real estate owned, okay. it's an industry term, foreclosures, they started saying, well, let's try to trade one bad asset with a good asset. Mm-hmm. In order to make an offer on this property, it must come with a Bank of America pre-approval letter. Okay. All right, well, look, sellers can dictate to buyers the terms of which they'll accept a contract meaning it must come with this pre-approval letter. Now, a seller can't dictate you use a certain lender. Mm. They sure as heck can incentivize you to, hey, if you use this lender, I'll give you a $3,000 closing cost credit. Mm. So by me knowing my competition when this happened, instead of me losing that potential buyer who's now going to call Bank of America, they're going to get another pre-approval letter and, and potentially end up choosing to go with them instead of staying with me, and I've done all this work to get them pre-approved and ready to buy, I could pick up the phone, could call my girl, call my guy over at Bank of America, who I've become friends with. Mm-hmm. Hey, man, I need a favor. Can you do me a solid? 
I had this buyer pre-approved. They are ready to go. I've already collected all their income, all their assets. I've run it through AUS. I have an approved eligible. I've been working with them for like six months. I finally got the credit score up. Would you mind just hooking me up with a quick pre-approval letter? Gotcha, bro. Yeah. I can send you whatever you need. Hmm. Okay. Well, I did a solid for my buyer because they didn't have to do anything. I picked up the phone. I called a friend who happened to work over there and gave the friend what they needed with obviously the buyer's permission. And voila, we got the Bank of America pre-approval letter. They made the offer. The offer was accepted. And I was able to do the financing. Nice. Had I not known my competition, then my buyer would have gone out on their own. They would have found a Bank of America pre, uh, um, lender. That lender would not have been as good as me. But they might have been convinced to go with the Bank of America lender instead of going with me, at which point all of that hard work I put in to get them qualified mm. in the first place is out the window. Ooh. So that's knowing the competition. So there's so many examples of like why it's so important that you have to know your competition. Now, hey, Dio, how would I get to I was, know my competition? I was competition? literally about to say, like, I, well, you can't just call up the guys like, hey, you guys want to get together? Or is, is it really just that simple where you say, hey, you guys want to? No, join your trade organization. MBA, Mortgage Bankers Association. Just about every market has a local chapter. And if you don't have a local MBA, Mortgage Bankers Association, an MBA chapter, mm -hmm. then you have a National Association of Mortgage Professionals, NAMP, right? I think it's called NAMP. Yeah, National Association of Mortgage Professionals, mm -hmm. right? There's also um, NAMBA, right? National Association Minority Mortgage Bankers, mm -hmm. right? There's that. What about joining your local real estate? Like, so um, your your realtor association. Goba. What's that? Goba. Greater well, Orlando. Greater Orlando Builder, Builder association. association. There you go, yeah, John. Yeah, a little bit. Yep. Yeah, that'd be it. But like joining your local trade organizations mm -hmm. and attending their monthly mixers. Mm. Guess who's there? A, people that you maybe want to build relationships with and also your competition. Right. Right. You go to these events. They are 50% vendors, which you're a vendor. And then 50% are, are the actual people that are listed in the organization, right? So the Orlando Realtor Association. Mm -hmm. Well, Realtor tells me there's going to be Realtors there. So 50% of those people attending those events are Realtors. Mm. The other 50% are vendors. What are vendors? Lenders are vendors. Title companies are vendors. Homeowners insurance companies are vendors. Staging companies are vendors, mm. right? People that that network with realtors yeah. as a way to to get business referred to them. Yeah. Well, if I don't have a MBA chapter in my local market, I don't have a National Association of Mortgage Professionals or National Association of Mortgage Brokers, um, I get them confused. I think they're one and the same, but- Tomato, you know, tomato. Yeah, well, probably not anymore, but uh, <laughs> nonetheless, just look it up. Right. Um, then you can go to there. There's Women's Council of Realtors. Same thing, Women's Council of Realtors. Oh, probably a bunch of realtors who are probably also women, not all women, mm -hmm. but 50% are going to be realtors and the other 50% are going to be vendors. Those vendors are going to be lenders. And then from there, just grow, grow your sphere. Mm. It's like anything. Like I became friends with John. John likes to golf. I like to golf. Hey, John, you want to go golf? And sure, let's get a foursome together. Yeah. Sure. Hey, John, who are you going to call? You yeah. probably know someone else who likes to golf. Yeah. I know someone who, who else likes, likes to golf, right? So you reach out to Barry. I reach out to JJ, you, me, Barry, and JJ go golfing. Right. Well, I now have Another friend who golfs, because I became friends with Barry, yeah. you became friends with JJ, yeah. and voila, right? That's how the world works. Right. You, you and I want to go see F1. Yeah. Already, you're like, man, who am I going to go to F1 with? I'm right. like, you know what? I don't really like F1, but my son loves it. He loves it. Hey, John, you want to go with me and Jackson down to Miami next year to see an F1 race? So, 
And then you told me, wait a minute, what about Dennis? Yeah. Dennis you and Dennis talk about F1 uh, all the yeah, time. Yeah. So now we have our foursome. There you go. It works that way with knowing your competition. Get yourself out there. Become involved in your trade organizations. Put together your own mastermind. Put together your own mastermind and make sure when you do it, you ask the people, hey, when was the last time you and I competed against each other? Mm. Yeah, let's get together and share ideas because I promise you, if you're struggling with managing your loan officer assistant, I bet they are too, or I bet they have. Mm. You guys can talk about that over lunch. If you're struggling with overcoming pricing objections, maybe they are too. Well, yeah, hell in this market, if you're having a time, you know, finding a home. Yes. Yeah, yeah. If, if, if you have a hard time with, um, they call it appraisal gap strategy. There you go. Yeah, get together and share ideas. Like that, that is a great way to get to know your competition. There's also Facebook groups. Yeah. Like there are Facebook groups out there that, that you can join. The, my only caveat on Facebook groups in general, you don't know the quality or caliber of professional on the other end. There is more bad advice and wrong advice. That's being given than good advice. Thanks. Now you find some Facebook groups that are really well moderated and they kick out the the loud, obnoxious, know-it-alls who really don't know anything. Right. But I, I would tell you on a Facebook group, you're also not going to find that many quote-unquote local. And you want to find local. You want to find people that you can go break bread with, that you can grab a beer with, or you can grab coffee with, or go grab lunch with. Right. Right. And expand your network. Make make it six or seven of you. And Meet monthly and bring value, right? Bring value. Don't be there just to suck up all of the intel from them. No, share. Right. Because I promise you, the more you share, the more you realize that, oh, this person is just like me. Sure, we're different, but they might not be better and I might not be better. We're the same and we can work together to make each other better. Well said. Right? I mean, that's, um, and we we said so, so many aspects, right? Quit trying to tear down people. Build them up. Right. Build them up. You'll build yourself up. Well said. How's that work? That was great. Hey, know your competition. Right. Know your competition for the sole purpose of becoming a better professional yourself, a more successful business person yourself. Right. I think that's the purpose of this. Like the purpose of this is is you and the betterment of you, the betterment of your book, the betterment of your long term longevity in the the industry you've chosen. Mm-hmm. Um knowing your options, being friends with the competition. It's that easy. Yeah. All right. He's John Coleman. I'm Dustin Owen. You have tuned in to the Loan Officer Podcast. We thank you. This is all the time we have for you today, but we will catch you in the next episode. Peace.